Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I'll share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. You gotta win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to This League Uncut. In the world of 24-hour NBA news, this news, you lose. Chris Haynes, it's go time. Mark Stein, it's showtime. Boom shakalaka. This league and cut is underway and on fire. This should be a good one. Everyone, welcome in to a somewhat international edition of the This League Uncut podcast. Mark Stein here. I am in faraway Madrid, making my way back to the United States after spending four days in Spain with the weary and battered Dallas Mavericks. Dallas has made its way back home. I am a little bit behind them, but I will soon uh, soon be back on U.S. soil. Chris Haynes. Joining me, he also was on the road this week. His TNT debut, shaking the rust off with a preseason game. Two heavyweights in the desert. The reigning champions from Denver in Phoenix against the super team that has been assembled to try to dethrone the Denver Nuggets. Of course, we didn't get to see the superstars in action because Phoenix didn't play them. But Chris Haynes was on the scene anyway. Had an interview with Bradley Beal I saw on Twitter or X or whatever the hell we call it now. Chris Haynes, how did how did your first TV assignment of the season treat you? It was cool. A little rusty, but, you know, that's what the preseason is for. Uh, new you know, suit though I think new suit though I think right I mean, no no nah, no nah, I haven't no I haven't pulled out a new suit yet that is a- that suit actually that that blazer that I wore that's the first ever blazer that suit that I've worn on a on a TNT assignment 
it was when I backed this. So this is three years ago, first assignment ever. Lakers, Spurs. And uh, oh, I don't so that think was a Greg Pop. That was the Greg Popovich jacket. Yep, Greg Popovich jacket right there. So I don't think I've worn it since then. But yeah, I mean it was a good time. You know, Phoenix, great weather. Great, great weather. Only problem with Phoenix is like, you know, the weather was cool, but the, the weather is still for me, it's still not cool enough where I can just walk a half a mile. Because the, the problem with Phoenix is there's no trees. So when you're walking, you're just exposed. The sun is hitting you. Like, you you can't hide from the sun in Phoenix. And Dwayne Rankins, the, the, the longtime beat writer for the Suns over there, really good guy. I just tell him all the time, man, he's always posting early in the morning, 5, 6 in the morning, just posting on Instagram of him drenched in sweat, talking about, I just ran two three four miles i'm like who in the hell is running two three four miles in the desert it's it's Dwayne. i tell him man you give me anxiety every time i see that post man but phoenix was cool i was glad to be back on the road man yeah i mean look you saw two of the what four or five most important teams in the league this coming season or maybe maybe important is a poor adjective choice but two of the two of the five or six teams that we'll be talking about the most presumably uh, because Phoenix has assembled so much star power with Bradley Beal brought in to join Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Denver as the reigning champs first title in the Nuggets NBA history and Nikola Jokic returns as finals MVP after losing out on the regular season MVP to Joel Embiid I mean it's early but we all do it we all overreact to what we see in the preseason, I was, you know, again, far, far away when uh, Wemby dueled Chet the other night. But, man, people just could not get enough of their first showdown. And, of course, we're going to draw crazy conclusions from preseason games that we probably shouldn't because we're fans. We're the public. We, we are the basketball public. We cannot help it. So give me your give me your your quick snapshot of your temperature take on where the Nuggets are, and where the Suns are right now. Let's talk about the Nuggets. Um, They're in a mode where they're just in a chill mode right now. Um, You know, I spoke with um, Calvin Booth. Our guy Calvin Booth came on our podcast, the general manager of the Nuggets. And he he told me, like, they're just in a space where they're just ready for the season and they're in attack mode, but it's in a calm space. And I think he described it like that because this team, like, they know know their selves. Like, they understand what they have to do. Um, they know they're they're going to be a target now. They're not going to sneak up on anybody. But this is a group that's been together. We talked about that, the starting five. It's a group that's been together a while. And so they feel like they feel like they're in good shape. What he did say, Calvin Booth did say, is that they're young. You know, so there's rotation minutes to be had. And one guy who was very impressive in in his rookie preseason debut, debut Julian Strader, that guy, he Stein, he is a quick sharpshooter. He, and what I mean by that, he has a quick release. It, it, he catches it and it leaves his hand pretty quickly, and he has a beautiful stroke. And I believe he hit four threes that game, had twenty points. And so the Nuggets, they're looking for guys who can come in space, space the floor, guys who can complement um, Joker as well in, in some of those rotations rotational spot duties and so you know that's what they're you know they're expecting a lot more 
uh, from Christian Brown. You know, he's a guy that's poised to have a really good season. And so they, they feel like they, they – this is what they said. They said as long as they're five, as long as they're five are healthy, they feel like they're in really good shape throughout the season. Now it's just about adding other complementary pieces. The Sunstein, you know, KD, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, they did not play in the game that I was on assignment on. They played the game before in Detroit. Remember the um, the owner, Matt Ishbia, um, he's out there in Detroit, and so they played out there. They actually <laughs> went to his house after the after the game for dinner, and they had practice at his um, at his company's office the next day. So, uh, you know, I, I could say this: TNT was very sh- uh, shocked to learn that uh, those three were sitting out that game. Yeah, with that I, I new uh, that. with the NBA's new player participation policy, that's not going to fly. <laughs> playing the game in Detroit and sitting and all three stars <laughs> sitting out the national TV game. I don't think yeah. that, I don't think that happens in the regular season. Yes, yeah, uh, I love Stan Van Gundy. That's my guy. I I think it's safe to say Stan did not approve of that that move made by the Suns. But hey, it's preseason, and uh, you know I'm gonna say this right now. You know we all expect so it's 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 not a lot that I can break down on the Suns because of those three were out, but those three were out. But what I can say, I think Nurk is going to be really good on the high post on the elbow, initiating the offense, um, offense going through him. I think he's going to be really good. I think he's going to be a really good big body just in case they have to face the Nuggets down the road and Joker. You know, those two were teammates for a little bit in Denver. I will say this, Stein. They're they're trying to rotate the point guard assignments between Bradley Beal and Devin Booker, and that is the plan right now going into the season, that those two are going to share those roles. They need a point guard, Stein. And I, I'm, I'm going to go as far as I, I think they need a point guard desperately. And do, you, do they know it? Would they admit it to the side if you asked them? I, I think some would and others wouldn't. So, uh, you know, take that as you as you will. But, yeah, I think they're going to need a point guard. And, I'm, and, and I'll, let you, I'll let you finish. But well, no, you had, I mean, you had the guard. very interesting uh, report that when – when the whole Damian Lillard trade went down, Phoenix knew they were going to be in it. They wanted Yusuf Nurkic. That you know they wanted to send Aiton to the Blazers and take on Nurkic. But had Miami been that third team instead of Milwaukee, you reported that Phoenix's dream scenario would have been to get both Nurk and find a way to bring in Kyle Lowry, who obviously most definitely would address the point guard issue. And and same thing when there were rumbles that Indiana might be that third team. We we know that the Suns have had a longstanding interest in TJ McConnell. So, um, I mean, those names were out there. Obviously Dame did not go to Miami. He very much went to the Milwaukee Bucks and the Pacers were not involved in the trade either. So those options did not avail themselves to Phoenix, but yeah, I'm with you. I think, uh, that is a, that is a that's a hole they're going to have to address sooner rather than later. And the reason I say that, Stein, because you know you could get by with trying to rotate those guys in at that point guard spot, and uh, and there's going to be a lot of emphasis with Phoenix on pushing the ball up, like outletting the ball, get it up, uh, opposed to having a point guard just bring the ball all the way up 94 feet. 
So they want to get the ball up, pass half court, give themselves a lot of time in the shot clock to get into their sets. The problem is this, Stein, and I remember, you know, talking to Chris Paul a few years ago. When it was a few years ago when the Suns were they played in the when they got the playoffs. They played New Orleans in the first round and they played Dallas. And New Orleans, they had Alvarado and they had Herb Jones just smothering, hounding Chris Paul 94 feet. And it, it took its toll. You know, it took its toll on him getting the ball up with that amount of aggressiveness and length and quickness. And then in Dallas, he faced Bullock. And I forgot the other player that he said was hounding him 94 feet. But Phoenix didn't have another, really another primary point guard to help Chris Paul in that mode. So in the regular season, Chris Paul Smith? doesn't see Now I don't even remember. Was it Finney Smith? It might have been Finney Smith, but he, he it was two lymph, lengthy guys. I know Bullock was one of them. It might have been Finney Smith. Could have been. But, you know, he didn't see that type of a defensive pressure in the regular season. You know, teams don't do – they don't go all out and do that type of stuff, you know, in the regular season. So you could see a scenario in Phoenix where Bill and, and um, Booker – they're pushing the ball up, outletting the ball up, or or they even they're even bringing the ball up full court with very little pressure in the regular season, and then kind of thinking like, all right, we can get we can get away with this. This is fine, but when the playoffs hit, when and then when teams start to scheme, oh no, let's pressure them full court. Young guy, small guy, get up in them. Tall, lengthy guy, get up in them. That's where problems can be had, and you didn't work on it because you didn't think you had to during the regular season because teams are not putting those type of schemes into the regular season. So I de- I think they desperately need a point guard, not necessarily for the regular season, but I definitely think they need one come playoff time. And uh, that's just my opinion, just just the little the little basketball that I've watched them against playing against Detroit and just knowing what they don't have on that roster currently. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. <laughs> Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Winning is an everyday mindset. And we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. 
Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, you know Bradley Beal very well. You interviewed him during the game, but beyond that, you've known him for a long time. How much, though, do you think he kind of wants to prove to people, hey, I can do this, I can play make, I can be, I, I can be a pseudo point guard for this team because uh, you know he hasn't always done that in Washington. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I talked, you know, we, we talked, you know, I had an in-game interview with him, but we talked before the game as well. And he was just talking about how excited he is and, and how he's prepared to do whatever he's called to do. And, then, you know, I asked him, you know, about the, the role of, I don't know if I'll call him the third star. Maybe he is the third star. But, you know, about sacrificing now. You know, it's always hard for that third star a lot of times to get acclimated to what that role entails. And he said all the right things, like he's ready for whatever. But Stein, what I would say about that point guard position, man, that point guard, that's like it's like playing quarterback. You don't just step into that role and run everything officially. Like you're kind of born a point guard. You're kind of groomed into being a point guard. It's not something you could just And you were born a shooting guard. I would my, I would my sources my sources say. Well, listen, you, you don't need no sources. You can come in from the horse's mouth here. I am not a point guard. I am, I am, that is not, listen. Now, from the sources you got, they give you a little bit of fake news. I'm telling you, I'm not a point guard because my handles work that was not that tight. But court vision and finding people, I got that. But the, the, the handles, like, and that's another thing too. But people need to understand is, you can have handles or can be be considered somebody who has handles in half court settings, like somebody who could run pick and roll in half court. But bringing that ball up, being pressured ninety four feet, totally different from using two or three, four dribbles in a half court set to get to the basket. Totally different. And so that's why I tell people that point guard transition is not easy. Like it's not. And so, and I don't know that. Yeah, that's fair to ask Bill to to do that. That's why I say I I think they're going to need a point guard, real point guard, service a point guard, point guard down the line. Well, look, losing Bruce Brown and losing Jeff Green, those are significant losses for the Denver Nuggets, but they are still my favorites in an absolutely stacked Western Conference and I can tell you I know it was stacked because during my trip here in Spain with the Mavs, with more than one Mavs person that I sat down with, we did the exercise of let's go through the teams in the West and and just what you have to who you have to finish ahead of to finish top six, top eight, and it is just tough, tough. It's brutal, and I mean because the teams at the bottom, so the the teams expected to be at the bottom. Your Utahs, your Portlands, your San Antonios, your Houston's, they will all be tough outs. I mean, Houston is obviously trying to be competitive this year with the moves they've made to bring in Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks and San Antonio. Obviously, Wemby in in July, everybody wanted to write him off after one bad summer league game. And now everybody is 
going nuts after his uh, his preseason debut. So, I mean, San Antonio, we're still not exactly sure what we're going to see from them. But, I mean, you know, they're going to have a capable team. You know, Portland is another tough team to read, very young. But, I mean, you know, they uh, – yeah, again – nobody's just just a a gimme in the west and utah already showed us last year when when they were written off by everyone after trading donovan mitchell and rudy gobert that no they were they were on course to be a 500 or better team until they finally at the end of the season decided to put an eye on draft positioning so i mean this west is going to be something else denver is still my favorite and you know i guess i would say the sun's are probably who I would have at the top of the list of challengers, but I'm I'm not sure. I'm 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 really not sure that like you know the Lakers. I really liked the Lakers' moves in the off season, and uh, yeah, you know the Clippers aren't done. OKC is moving up the charts. Sacramento. I was doing my my radio show last weekend, and I was going through all the teams in the West, and somehow despite how much we talk about the Kings on this show, I forgot to mention the Kings and I'm waiting for Mike Brown to call me. Cause I mean, I guess <laughs> Mike Brown probably does not listen to my radio show in Dallas, but I was still waiting for the call. I mean, uh, we, we could go on and on about the West, the West. You tell me Denver, Phoenix, Lakers, Warriors, who's, who's your favorite in the West? Uh, okay. Stein, you have to realize, are we ready to do this? Because, Teams do. Even, you know, teams, players, coaches, they all like to say they don't listen to us. You know, they don't pay us no mind. But during the season, they post, they print these articles out. They print these headlines out about who we pick to be a top eight for motivation. Are we ready to do this? Listen, today is, we're recording this on October 12th. The season starts October 25th. If you would rather wait to closer to October 25th, you deserve that runway. You do not have you. You do not have to make that declaration right now. Like I said, huh. I'm. I don't think. You are, know, Den- are you making a declaration? Yeah, I'll I mean, make it if you make it. Yeah, I, Denver's my favorite to Denver's my favorite to win the West. I think is defending champions. They deserve that. And yes, they they lost. They lost two key guys in their rotation, but Brown, I do think, is ready to step up. And you know, I I I think they will cope with the losses and just Joker is Joker. I mean, he is, I just think he's that good and has proven to be such a dominant force who pretty much never misses games. Yeah. Denver's. All right, let's pr- okay. I, I would agree with you. Denver's my favorite as well. Continuity. Like I, I, they're my favorite. I'm a little, you know, they, Hey, Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown, losing him. That is a big, it's big. That, that's a big loss right there. No, that big is very loss. real. I'm, and look, I'm probably not ready to do the order after Denver. All I'm saying okay. is, okay, all right, all right. That's what I was. That's what I was. No, no, about. I can't, like, I, <laughs> no, okay. I can't do that yet. I'm still figuring that out too. I can't. But I, I, can't. I, I let me say this, Ty. I'm looking at the top eight from last year who made the playoffs. Right, Denver, and I'm going in order: Denver, Memphis, Sacramento, Phoenix, Clippers, Warriors, Lakers. Minnesota was eight. Stein, I had out of those eight, I have a hard time thinking who can get into that eight. No, no, listen, I know there are teams that can get to it. Like, so New Orleans, they were nine. Maybe they leapfrog Minnesota. But that eight or that nine right there 
is tough. And I know yeah. Dallas, they were they were 11. Like, yeah. Look, who, Minnesota, like who Minnesota, comes out of that eight? Minnesota thinks they're better, that they will be better with a full training camp. And obviously, Cat missed a zillion games last year. So Minnesota believes they're a better team. New Orleans, if they've got Zion, I mean, obviously, we're going to have to look at them differently. But that's a huge if when, you know, Zion's got to play half a season first before we, we you know, we even start talking about it. So, um, but obviously he, you know, he played a pre, he made his preseason debut and people got very excited. I mean, yeah, that, again, this is the conversation I was having with, with various folks in Dallas. You guys, if you want to get back, even in the play-in, you got a lot of work to do to leapfrog a lot of good teams. Yeah, it's tough. Like I have a hard time. Like, I think Denver's going to be in the playoffs. I think Memphis. I think Sacramento. I think Phoenix. I think the Clippers. I think the Warriors. I think the Lakers. Those the, those, those seven, those are seven that I'm pretty certain will be there. Seven. <laughs> you know, and that's not that's not a lot of wiggle room for other teams to jump up in there. You know, I know Dallas is better than what they were last year. New Orleans is better than what they were last year. Minnesota. It's it, man. I, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be tough. Well, we can talk about Dallas now a bit because, again, I, I did not go to Abu Dhabi with them. I met them in Madrid. I got to Madrid a few hours before they did. And look, this will go down as the longest trip in NBA preseason history, both literally and figuratively. They flew nearly 17,000 air miles combined to do the two games in Abu Dhabi before Madrid, and they came home Thursday today with both of their stars carrying injuries. Luka Doncic suffered a left calf strain in practice on Monday, and that was the only real practice that the Mavericks were able to have on the whole trip after they lost to the Wolves twice in Abu Dhabi. Because, you know, when you go to Abu Dhabi and it's the league trip, when you're not playing, the league's got you doing all kinds of stuff. There's appearances, there's clinics, there's special dinners and tours, and it's like it is not conducive to practice. So they had six practices before they left for Abu Dhabi, go to Abu Dhabi, play the two games, come back. They they basically fly from Abu Dhabi to Madrid, which is like going coast to coast in the States. They have their first real practice before the game, Luca calf strain, the same left leg that has been bugging him on some level since late February, early March. You know, they lose to Real Madrid. That's the least of their problems because it was their third string against the Real Madrid starters in the fourth quarter. So it was uh, the revenge of Facundo Campazzo, Facu Campazzo with the last nine points for Real Madrid in, in the last 85 seconds. Campazzo, of course, spent about six weeks as a Mav last season. They brought him in to be Luca's sidekick and someone he absolutely loved from their days as Real Madrid te- Real Madrid teammates. And then Dallas waived him to launch the Kemba Walker experiment, which didn't work. So there's all these storylines, but but the the basics of it are Dallas comes back. Kyrie Irving only played one of the three games because of left groin soreness. Luca has this left leg issue, and those two are supposed to be the sure bets for a Mavericks team that has 10, 11 new players. Grant Williams is the only surefire starter. So, okay, I just went through all of that. Now, and what was your reaction from home, just, just kind of watching the Mavs go on this crazy long trip 
and coming back with both of those guys, both of their stars in some level of injury distress. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, unless, uh, you know, I've been following, you know, your reports over there and they're saying, you know, you reported the, the injury, especially to, um, particularly to Luca, is not serious. And I think that's common around preseason. Like, you don't want to take any risks. And one thing I will say about the Suns that I didn't say about, um, Vogel told me that he planned to play KD and Booker in two of the last three preseason games. Like, so for whatever reason, they're just being really safe and cautious. And, you know, you can look at the Milwaukee Bucks as well. Dame and Giannis, they're about to make their preseason debut this weekend, Sunday against the Lakers. So I think that's normal around the league. I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get too um, nervous if I was a fan of those, those star players or those teams. Uh, So I just, there's just not a lot to glean Stein from these preseasons for the, for the most part, because we, we're not seeing a healthy dose of these guys playing. And so a lot of, a lot of what we're going to find out is going to be when the regular season starts. And so I, I do want to see more, but I, I just don't have – there's just not enough sample size for me yeah. to go off and have – Well, th- this is a Mavs team that needs a good start. I mean, they desperately need a good start after the way last season ended, and that's kind of the issue is that this trip was supposed to be a renaissance. It's, an, it's you know, a team that's made a lot of changes. It's the first training camp that Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving get to spend together, and they return home today. They have one exhibition game left – a week from Friday against Detroit. And then on opening night, they're at San Antonio in the Wemby Bowl. And I do plan to be at that one to see Wemby's first game, his first real game. But, I mean, Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving played in three exhibition games. They played together for less than seven minutes. So they still have not had a lot of court time together. And this is, again, a duo that... Last season, when both were in uniform, the Mavs went 5-11. and 11. So, I mean, uh, I have certainly taken on an alarmist tone here, and I'm sure I'll hear about it in my home city, but I think it is justified. The trip was a grind, and now they're basically going to have three days off. The gym will be open for some voluntary stuff, but the Mavericks can't even have an official practice until Monday. And so... They're, they got a lot to do next week, Monday through Thursday, before Dallas area star Cade Cunningham brings the Detroit Pistons into town for an exhibition on October 20th. Who did the, who the Mavericks open up with? San Antonio. Out, oh, okay. In San Antonio? In San Antonio on Wednesday. Wow. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Winning is an everyday mindset. And we're here to help I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. 
find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What are you, what's your opening night assignments on Tuesday? You'll where are you? Where are you? Are you at ring night or are you at the other game? I actually have. Is that ring night? No, I'm not, that's not. Who does Nuggets have for ring night? So it's Nuggets Lakers ring night, and then there's your game, Suns Warriors. So Western Conference only the first night of the season. And you said you got. I have Suns Warriors in San Francisco Tuesday. Then I take off immediately for Milwaukee. I got the Bucks opening night game against the Sixers. That's so Thursday. I got Tuesday night. and Thursday. Yep. I got that is Tuesday a, and Thursday. That is a strong week. I hope you have a Look, lot of good stories for those for the podcast um, when that week show I, rolls around. I, I wasn't assigned to that game initially. But th- you know, things have changed over the last couple of weeks, you know, in the league. Big, You're gonna be big, voting big in Milwaukee. Train. You're gonna be voting in Milwaukee <laughs> by the, by the next election. <laughs> A big trade to change some of my assignments. So I got I got two games that week. So I'm looking forward to it. I am so it. jealous. I love Milwaukee. I love visiting Milwaukee. Yeah, it was beautiful when I was there. I'm trying Stein. to remember the last I time don't... I was there, and I'm not sure I've been there since. since... God, yeah. I can't even remember because I don't think I went to those finals. Yeah. I can't remember I, my I last a... trip to Milwaukee. I have a strong feeling the weather is not going to cooperate like it did when I was there a few weeks ago. Well, I don't even want to talk about weather because I will really make you jealous because it has been spectacular in Madrid. Absolutely mm. gorgeous. Mm. And I'm told been. it's finally cooling down when I get back home to Dallas. So Yeah, I, I've never been. Stein, are you one of those guys? Can you know older people? I, I used to wonder this all the time. Why do people retire in phoenix why i never knew that but you know i started to see a trend the older you got the more attractive a place like phoenix became and i know my guy dwight james a columnist in portland he bought a house out there in phoenix you know older people like the sun you know what it's it's this is actually some inside baseball on our profession there was a time when and Dwight James is part of that generation right before me in terms of writers. A bunch of writers from that era did that. Pete Vesey spent tons of time in the desert. Sam Smith, your guy Michael Wilbon, still has a place in Phoenix, huh. I'm quite sure. So all these hmm. writers from that generation before me, and there were probably more. Like it, it just, I think housing prices at that time were really, really favorable in Phoenix. 
And I don't know if that's still the case. Now I'm going to guess not. I'm going to guess Phoenix, like Dallas, has gotten a lot more expensive than it used to be in terms of real okay. estate. But back in the 90s, that was a very – I remember you know, someone like Sam, you know, Sam Smith spent his whole Sam writing Smith. career in Chicago. The chance to live in Phoenix sounded pretty damn good. <laughs> so so it's not an age thing, Star? I mean, I know you're basically saying now that I'm old, I'm qualified to answer this question. <laughs> I love Phoenix to visit, but I have never had interest in living there. And I look, I okay. I love the desert, um the desert skyline and just um I really aesthetically, I really have always loved going there and the Steve Nash years from like this, the Steve Nash D'Antoni years from 2004 to 2010. That, I mean, I spent more time in Phoenix than anywhere I went. So I've always had great visits there. I mean, my, I want to say my very first NBA all-star game I covered was in Phoenix. So I've always had great experiences there, but I've never had this huge desire to live there. I think as an, you know, my, my older self, I could imagine living part-time in either Palm Springs or Vegas before Phoenix. Vegas. Yeah. Oh yeah. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Vegas. Again, part-time right. three months a year, but I, I love the energy of Vegas, man. I love, I it is, it is, it is, you know, it's just, it's sports everywhere you look, everywhere you turn, it's sports. Yeah, but Vegas is like Stein, like for me, when, I'm, when I go to Summer League, three days, four days max, I start, to, I start to get irritable. Like, I'm tired of Vegas. Like, I don't know if I can live there. And then if you live there, are you really visiting the Strip that often where all the action is? Like, and I, really, I really never spent time outside the Strip in Vegas. So I, I don't even know what that's like. Well, I don't know firsthand, but people who do live there always tell me how great it is off the strip, and you should just come see how A, B, and C is hmm. so fantastic. So, okay, I'm not Probably. qualified to answer that question, but maybe people can, uh, maybe pe- maybe some of our listeners who do live in Vegas can educate us. But in Phoenix, Stein, I know what your favorite steakhouse in Milwaukee is. What again, Carson's? Carson's. Carson's in Phoenix. It's a Chicago place, but they have a Milwaukee outlet. Okay. Steak 44 in Phoenix. The best steakhouse I've been to. Hmm. Steak 44. The best Phoenix. steakhouse in the league? Best best I've the best I've wow. went to. I, I would I I would challenge any other steakhouse in the league with against steak steak 44. Those in Phoenix know what I'm talking about. That place is awesome. All right. Well, I guess I'm going to have to meet you there and we'll put that to the test. Yes. Your before favorite. all right, so before we go uh, you know, last the last time we did one of these, you were just you were just love getting me all worked up about Joel Embiid and international yes. basketball, which you did on you yes. did it on purpose. Of course. I need your opinion. I want to know. Now that Joel Embiid has picked the United States of America, he will play for Team USA. After all, I think he heard how you were disparaging him against picking Team time USA. Out, I think you heard not- I was I was most definitely not disparaging him because Joel Embiid knows very well he's one of my favorite people to speak to on Planet NBA. I I don't get to see him a ton, but there are a few players who fill up the proverbial notebook 
like Mr. Embiid. <laughs> so there is no disparaging of him. And uh-huh. you know what? I can rant all I want. It's his personal choice. It's his life. He doesn't have to do what I say. However, I have to admit that I did not. I did not love it. And he, and again, you know this. I'm sure USAB officials who hear me on this rant don't understand what I'm saying because when they lose to anybody, I'm at the front of the line criticizing them. And every single loss, no matter who they bring, no matter what the roster looks like, media with me at the front of the line treat it like an international incident. So their natural reply is, how are you going to wrap us for bringing Joel Embiid into the fold when if we lose, you're going to crush us, and now you're saying we're too good? And and all I'm saying is we've heard so many great American players since camps have started talk about wanting to join this team. And if the best of our best show up and we've got Kevin Durant and Stephen Curry and LeBron James coming back and Devin Booker and on Jason Tatum on and on and on. And if there are so many guys that it's looking like Kawhi Leonard, who also wants to play, if it's looking like Kawhi Leonard has to settle for being a six man or something, then no, they don't need Joel Embiid. And it just feels like free agency. And I just feel like the most talent rich country in the world in basketball should not be signing the reigning MVP as a free agent. And again, this really stems from me being that basketball romantic who Cameroon is only one step away from qualifying. Cameroon won a pre-qualifying tournament to get to the final round of qualifying without Joel Embiid and without Pascal Siakam. And if those two guys played with the existing Cameroon team and qualified for the Olympics under the flag of their native country, that would be an absolutely incredible achievement. And it would not only be huge for Cameroon, but it would be massive for African basketball. And so I just, I would have loved to hear Joel Embiid say, I loved that France and the United States spent a year fighting over me and trying to get me, but I am going to get Cameroon to the Olympics through qualifying. And I understand it's risky for him to do that because if Cameroon doesn't qualify and international basketball is insane, there's 24 teams that go to qualifying. They get broken up into four groups. Only one team out of every six team group qualifies for the Olympics and Cameroon would not be the host. Most likely the Cameroon Federation almost assuredly does not have the money it would take to win a bid to host one of those tournaments. So Cameroon would have to win on the road somewhere. And I know that's a tall order, but if you've got Joel Embiid and Pascal Siakam, they can do it. Just like the Bahamas are going to try to do with DeAndre Ayton and Buddy Heald and Eric Gordon. So I know that I'm ranting into the wind and nobody cares and you're just doing this to get me all wound up because it's fun for you to see me like this. But yeah, the basketball romantic in me will not let it go. I would have loved to see Embiid choose Cameroon because, again, I just think with or without him, the United States is going to be stacked. I really hope for your sake that you are assigned to cover the Paris Olympics because the U.S. team is going to be 
if all these guys play who say they're going to play, it's going to be the closest thing in talent to the original dream team than we, that we've ever seen. I will say this. And yeah, I get your point. Every, all, all valid points, all valid points. I will say this. I was watching, and I know this is not the, an equal equivalent, but I watched a Bruce Brown clip that was, um, I, forgive me. I forgot what pod he was on. It's a Bruce Brown clip talking about when he was with Brooklyn, how he did not play a single minute in preseason when they had KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. And he talked about wanting to be traded, wanting to go somewhere else, go somewhere else. Cause he knew he wasn't going to play. That's the same Bruce Brown who did all the dirty work for the Denver Nuggets that helped them win a championship. So what I, what I, what I'm saying is this, yes, the United States are going to be the odds on favorite. Yes. But, Every stars always talk about sacrificing and doing the dirty work, but very few of them really know how to do that because they they haven't had to do that ever. They, they think sacrifices is you know taking fewer shots, no diving on balls. What Kobe did his last Team USA stint, what Kobe did, and so what I'm saying is you always need a Bruce Brown. You need a championship team needs a guy like that. That's really. That's what his role is to be, is to be a guy that's going to dive for the ball, be a houndless defender, guy's going to cause havoc, be a spot up, you know, spot up shooter, and, and and do that, and that's every night. And so while they're going to have all the talent, it's still they still it's going to be a lot of pressure. No, because they got to win. They have to win, and there will be a lot of eyeballs on them, and France is going to have home court advantage. But again, if you look at all the guys who put their hand up and said they want to play, they are going to have way more than 12 good players to choose from. The harder part for them is going to be who that, you know, how do you say no to some of these guys? But again, I'm, I'm not even list. I mean, I can't even remember everybody who wants to play and, you know, they'll have someone like drew holiday to do some of that dirty work stuff that you're talking about. I'm sure drew is yeah. going to be on the team yeah. again. They, yeah. this team is going to be stacked. A lot, these guys, they want to go to the Paris Olympics. They, you know, in our basketball culture, they love the Olympics. They don't care about the World Cup. The United States in the last two World Cups has finished seventh and fourth, and it's been an almighty struggle for USA basketball to get that roster filled with players who could who could do it. And you know, two times in a row they couldn't. But for these Olympics in Paris. Again, the last two World Cups were were in China, and then this past summer in Indonesia, Japan, and the Philippines. I think that was a harder sell for either of those competitions than getting guys to go to Paris for the Olympics. That they are going, you know, they are going to be. This team is going to be so strong, and they've got Joel Embiid now. But even if they didn't, even had Embiid chose to play for Cameroon or France they're going to be fine. They're going to be stacked. And like I said, I hope, I hope for you, your sake that it gets to be your first Olympics. Cause I think it's going to be, they, they are going that team. I mean, if it has LeBron Curry and Durant on it, they are going to be the talk yeah. of the summer games. Yeah. Paris. They love the Olympics. They, they love Paris too. Have you so, been to Paris uh, yet? Never, never have, never have, never have, man. I wonder if our guy, Brad Turner, America's ambassador <laughs> to Paris. Is he going to get himself to Paris for the Paris Olympics? I hope. I is hope he for back his from Paris? Too. 
I mean, he, he basically lives there at this point, but I would like, yeah, to, I would like to think that the LA times will send him <laughs> to cover team USA and pay. Oh my, he might just, he might just burst into flames. Nah, man. It's good to hear from you, Stein. Hopefully next, next pod we do. Hopefully you'll be back in, in the state side. Yeah. It's good to connect with you. Good to be back. Glad we're back. Uh, we're both back at it. And we do have, like you said, we still have 10 ish days to get our predicted order for the East and West set. So uh, the season is fast approaching. Are you ready, basically? I, I actually am. I actually am, Stein. I am. I'm I'm looking forward to this season, man. There's really I, I'll leave it at that. I'm looking very forward to this season. All right, everyone. That's gonna do it for this edition of this league uncut. Chris and I will be back together soon. I think we actually have a special interview on the docket very soon. And uh, we, 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 we got lots more to cover and lots more to discuss in these next couple of weeks before the season actually starts. But the NBA's 78th season, it will be here for real before you know it. And we'll be covering it with you every week, twice a week here on This League Uncut. Please remember rate review subscribe to the show if you haven't already for haynes this is stein we'll do it again soon and that'll do it for us see you next time this league uncut is an iHeartRadio production boom shakalaka chris haynes and mark stein Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.